Welcome, everybody, to another Wednesday night edition here on The Rock Pile. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday night right here at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can catch me live on YouTube. If you are watching tonight's broadcast or any of the replays on YouTube, just make sure you hit that red subscribe button down in the lower right-hand corner and never miss a live show and always be notified of the playbacks. If you're listening to me and watching me live tonight on Facebook, uh, I appreciate that as well. You can always put comments in either Facebook or YouTube, and I'll make sure I pull over as many comments uh, I can for tonight's show. Um, if you have any questions for any of the guests that come on the rock pile, you can always put the question in there as well. Next week, just a pre-shadow for next week, John Mills, the owner of CrossFit Extend here in Rome, will join me. And then in two weeks, the week of Christmas time on December 23rd, I bring the coaches back for the College Football Rewind. So I'm excited for that. I'm booking right now to the end of January into February. So if you know a small business owner, coach, athlete, anybody that's looking to tell their story, just reach out to me and we'll get them set up here uh, to come on the rock pile. So without further ado, tonight's tonight's special guest is the president owner of Engelbert's Jewelers in Rome, um, Sarah Engelbert. So let me get Sarah. We were talking before we went live. So let's just bring her on the broadcast. Three, two, one. Let's see. We were playing with boxes earlier <laughs> and there you are. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Good. Nice to have you on here tonight. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And, uh, it was, this was actually one of the shows that uh, I got a lot of people that messaged me and said, beware, because Sarah could talk. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> And I said, those are the fun shows, right? The ones that are the interactive ones. And um, we've had a lot of fun with a lot of the guests on this show. And I've learned, I'll tell you, I think I've learned more about businesses uh, in the past three months than I probably knew my entire life. Sure, absolutely. So, Sarah, I'm going to go easy on you to start. And I told you, you never okay. know where we're going to go. But I want to start back um, with your your earlier days, your high school days. I want to talk yeah. sports a little bit with you because you were a standout field hockey player at, at RFA and then went on to play at Hartwick. How much field hockey have you watched since you've been out of high school and out of college? Oh, I don't watch it often enough because it's generally not on television. Although I will say there's been some Division One games that I've seen, um, Syracuse, Virginia, lots of different um, that I'm trying to show my kids just to show, you know, what I did because they don't know field hockey. Mm -hmm. Although I will say when they were younger, I, we did go back to Hartwick and the kids got to play on the turf over there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but I don't get to watch. I haven't been back to a game, sadly, at RFA in a couple of years, mainly because my kids are now playing soccer. So that's usually where I am is on the soccer field. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of field hockey days in my life, and I remember watching you play. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, you, might, you made the comment to me this week when we were talking on the phone, the game is so much faster, it seems. I, oh. I, I always knew there were a lot of whistles, uh -huh. but I feel like now when I watch a game, there's more whistles now than there ever was. Well, the last game I watched, the, the um, rules have changed so much. It doesn't seem like, even though the whistle's blowing, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stoppage time. Like, the whistle blows, they're playing again already. It's crazy. We were just watching a game, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and even the corners are different. They have to wear all the safety gear, mm -hmm. and all. so they stop to do that, put all the safety gear on, and then all of a sudden when the play's over, they're chucking everything on the sidelines and running up. It was crazy to me to watch that. That's something that's totally new for me. And Sarah, you played for um, the legendary coach, Hall of Famer, Linda Harjung, and Carla Till was a member of that Carla staff. <laughs> yeah. What were some of the things that you learned from, from playing for both Linda and Carla? 
Well, Carla was sort of like the cheerleader on the sideline. She was always the pep talk person on the sideline. She would pull you aside when Linda was being, when she felt Linda was being a little hard on everybody, which I was okay with, you know, somebody yelling at me on the sidelines. I had no issue with that if I was doing something wrong. Linda was one that basically always instilled in me that you got to put in 100% all the time. However you practice is how you're going to play. And that's what I keep trying to tell now my my kids all the time. You know, my especially, so my son plays soccer and he's been, um, has played JV the last two years. And my, my husband's the coach. So I hear the other end of the coach's side and the player's mm -hmm. side. So mm -hmm. I always tell Jack, you got to put in the effort all the time, even during practice. And that's the biggest thing that I learned from her. You know, and I, and I always like to talk to, because I played for some of the older coaches that are retired, the Tom Hoax, the Coach Evans is the world, the Coach Myslinskis. And a lot of people say, I, I'm like you, when a coach would get in my face and yell at me, it, okay, let, shrug it off, go out there and, and play harder, practice harder. Nowadays, a lot of those types of coaches, they'd never survive. No, no, there's so, I mean, there was the, was it the, um, the Rutgers basketball coach got mm -hmm. fired because he pulled on a guy's jersey. Yeah, yeah. And I saw much worse than that in college. Absolutely. Not necessarily from my coach, but from the other coaches. Right. <laughs> and then, Sarah, so after uh, RFA, you went on to play at Hartwick. How would yeah. you find Hartwick? What what interests you the most of uh, going there? <laughs> so field hockey. <laughs> I always say now that I went to school and got a major in field hockey, a, social, or a minor in social life. And I ended up also getting a BA in English somehow from four years. But I, I loved the coach. I went and met the coach. I was there as a sophomore because a friend of mine was looking at the school. So she basically said to me, you know, I can't talk to you at all. And so I had to leave her office because she wasn't allowed to speak to me. So as soon as I could talk to her, I called her right up and said, I'm eligible now. I want to come up. I loved, loved the campus. I just felt that I felt that's exactly where I should be. And we had a ball for four years on that field hockey team. Yeah, it's almost like when you go on these visits, and then I was the same way. When I went on a couple visits, and you just you know right away from when you walk on that campus, mm -hmm. just the feeling you get, you know, the coaches, mm -hmm. just the atmosphere, you know when it's mm -hmm. the one. Um, yeah, oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah, anytime Harvick is called, if my coach Anna Meyer had wanted anything since I graduated, yeah, since I graduated, I'm there, but. Now she's retired. Unfortunately, I don't do too much anymore with the team. So how much different was the game when you went from high school to college? Faster because we were on turf. Um, so that was the first time I had ever played on turf. So it was definitely faster, definitely more competitive. Everybody that was playing in college was uh, definitely more serious about the sport. They were there to play. They were there to win. Um that was really it, you know, and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like a division one school where you're um, playing and field hockey is your life from the first day of the um, mm -hmm. preseason until the first day of the preseason next, the next year. Right. Um, but we definitely had a lot of more off season training games, that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's tough to play any level of, of sports division one, two, three, you know, division one. Yeah. It's, it's your life from morning until night. And, you know, it never stops, but it's division three and two are still a commitment uh, from oh, the athlete. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember, I, so I went to camp at Hartwick as well as a, as a high school player in the summertime. And we had division one 
um, players there as counselors. And we would talk to the, I would talk to them just trying to feel out if I even wanted to look at division one schools, not that I actually was ever good enough to go division one, but just to see if I wanted to look at it. And it just didn't seem like that was something that I, um, that wasn't something that I aspired to do. So I was very happy going to the division three school and right. I knew I would play. Right. So you, you graduate from college. Now I want you to tell us a little bit about how did you originally get started? Obviously family owned business. How did you get yeah. suckered into the family business? Well, so first I went and I was a ski bum for a year out in Utah. Cause I said that that was something that I always wanted to do. So I did that whole thing and I happened to be at a party out West and somebody came in on a motorcycle from the, in the back door did something like did like a donut inside the living room and went out the front door on a bicycle in the middle or on, on a motorcycle in the middle of a party. And I remember calling my mother the next day saying, I'm ready to be, come home and be with adults. Does dad still, cause dad, my dad had called to say, did I, did I want to try the family business? So it sort of all uh, came together right after that party. So that's when I came home and I came home in the fall and they took us to, um, my dad took us to South Africa in the spring. Wow. So basically he suckered me in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us a little bit about to the, the history of it, obviously over a hundred years in the business. Um, talk mm -hmm. to us about a little bit and go back in time if you can. Okay. So the business was started by my great grandfather. I'm actually the fourth generation. And so they, he started the business with his brother with help from the local church in 1907. And my, um, then obviously my grandfather was a part of it. And then my um, uncle came into the business before my father did, because they're eight years apart. So my uncle Bruce Engelbert was also president of the business. And then my father came in. We've been in four different locations in downtown Rome. And we opened up our second location in the Riverside Mall, if anybody remembers the Riverside Mall. Mm -hmm. And actually, before we opened the location, my dad and my uncle leased out the um, jewelry department of Steinbeck's, which was like a Macy's department. Oh, wow. Store. Okay. So they started just to see, I, I assume they started just to see um, what the popularity would be and the, how successful they could be in another city. So they ended up opening a store in the Riverside Mall. And then we've been in the New Harper Shopping Center for about 30, 32 or 33 years. And we've been in our current location for 45 years. And I came into the business 22 years ago after being a ski bum. Wow. So when you ever look back, yeah. like of how, how you got started in the business, would you have changed anything or done anything different along the way? Was that college experience there, that incident? Was that to define a moment where you said, that's it? Got it. I, I got to get home and I got to make a change. Was it, was that there it? Was a, there was a couple of things. I was living in Park City, Utah, which there's transient people there. You know, nobody has any relatives. I liked being in a small town and I liked knowing people's relatives. I like knowing people's aunts and uncles and where people grew up and that type of thing. And I always, also always knew that I wanted to have a family and I wanted my family, my kids to grow up around my family so that that was it was all all those things all together so no i really would never do anything different because then after i moved home to be in the business my dad sent me to new york city to get my graduate gemologist degree and 
so then I also lived in New York City. So I lived in a much bigger town where everything's at your fingertips. And I still came home almost every weekend because I, I like the small town. I like the small town mm -hmm. feel. I like knowing people. And, and it, you know, it, it's just, it fits me. Sarah, how nice has it been to be able to work with your dad? It, <laughs> it was fabulous. We are very similar in personality. So we only had a few uh, minor blow-ups in the back of the store. Um, we would call them our discussions. We were having discussions. They didn't make our employees too uncomfortable, I don't think. But it was definitely um, something I would never change. It, you know, it'll be something I very hold dear to my heart for forever. Well, I'm just thinking. I, I have never had the my my mom was a hairdresser, owned her own salon for a while. My my dad. I was always with my dad for sports. And my dad coached me, you know, most of the way up till I got into high school. And then I was an assistant coach for my dad when he was a head coach. And then my dad was one of my assistant coaches when I was coaching. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, I remember we got into some heated arguments, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're still father and son and I, I wouldn't change a thing. But um, I think that uh, I give my mom all the credit in the world because my mom, I think, broke up some arguments at the dinner table, even with my sister, because my dad being a coach was always tough on us. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. So, so I think the coaching, you know, that piece of it never stopped. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're still family, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and my mom would be in, was in the store, too. So my mom was a physical therapist. And at one point, my dad needed help. So she retired from being a physical therapist and came into the store before I got there. And then I came along and I there was only one confrontation where she took us both into his office. And I, you don't know my mom, but when my mom, her name is Muffy. And when Muffy looks at you, this there's just this look that we both literally put our heads down. We knew we were wrong. We had to go out and apologize. And, you know, so again, just like your mom, she... That was the only thing she had to do, though. The only time she ever had to, and I think it was over furniture. Like we were having an argument about what kind of furniture I needed for my office. <laughs> so obviously this time around for any of the small businesses in, in the area period with, with COVID, um, how much has COVID impacted you? I will say I've been very lucky with, again, I think it's because you're, we're in a small town. We know a lot of people. I've had a lot of people, got people that don't even shop with me on a regular basis that really tried to help out while we were closed, buying gift certificates, calling me up for because we were closed during Mother's Day, reaching out. And it was definitely a difficult time. I was very lucky. I was one of the um, recipients of the PPP program mm -hmm. locally. And mm -hmm. so that definitely helped me out. And I will say now the people that still have disposable incomes can't travel. And so we are the lucky recipients of um, at least that part of it. We have a lot of very loyal customers that are, whether or not they're trying to help us out by buying some things or choosing to do that because they're not, you know, they're not traveling. Yeah. And I think just about every small business owner I've had on this show have said the same thing. The local support from the community has been fantastic. Um, I mean, my business here with, with the bus industry, we were shut down for, you know, three months and we started back up again. And now we're getting ready to possibly shut down again here with right. schools going, going virtual. Um, if, you know, if there's another complete shutdown, what's that do? Yeah. Are you thinking about that down the road? If it does happen? What so I, 
I'm thinking about it definitely down the road. I've made the decision, legal, not, I don't know about legality, but I've made the decision that if there's a shutdown between now and Christmas, I will not lock my doors. I believe we are very, a very safe environment. We're cleaning all the time. I can definitely keep it to five customers in the store, which is well below our fire code. Um, so I, I just, I, I won't shut down. Now, if it happens after Christmas, my employees could use, probably could use a break. And mm -hmm. so I may lock the doors for a week or two weeks, but at this point I will not be shutting down again. Sarah, social media has been huge. These virtual type meetings like this, I, I've lived on them for the last six months, but you know, you got the Twitter, you got Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, back in the day, a lot of the, the businesses were like, you know, it was the, the local newspaper. You'd put an ad in. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Has social media helped your business over the years? I believe so. We do a lot. Well, that, that helped me through uh, the time when we were closed for COVID because I don't have a um, like a cart to say on our website yet. It's something that we're working on and we hope to have by the, the um, first quarter of next year. So Facebook was huge because I would go to the store, take pictures, put them on Facebook. That's where everybody would get in touch with me to, to buy or to, you know, at least get the price or reach out. And so that was huge for us while we were closed down. But we've always had a good following on Facebook. And that's where, you know, we've done different specials on there and, and had, <laughs> I just saw, don't mess with Muffy. Mark says, don't mess with Muffy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was huge for us. We just got into a little bit more with, I mean, we've had an account on Instagram. We don't do too much with it, but everything that posts on, I think that posts on Facebook, posts on Instagram. I have a, I've been lucky enough to have a marketing company and they're wonderful to work with. So they do most of my social media stuff. And Sarah, how, how much has the jewelry business changed in the last 20 years? I mean, obviously every business changes with time, but what are some right. of the big changes over the years? The biggest thing, well, just like anything else, the biggest thing is everybody wants something instantly. We used to have a little bit more time to try and get stuff in for customers, but people are that instant gratification. And so there are, and there are a lot more people shopping online. So it is a little bit more difficult, you know, to, to keep those sales in the store. Um, but, you know, even just what we're selling in the store um, not necessarily jewelry related, just for our business. You know, we put in Vera Bradley, which is purses a couple of years ago. My grandfather is probably rolling over in his grave, <laughs> but he used to sell plates and silver, you know, and flatware. And yep. so we just don't do that anymore. So it's it, the business has changed, not necessarily in the jewelry part. And I would imagine too that, uh, you know, the Amazons of the world, a lot of these online retailers have, have yeah. companies like that hurt your business that you can get more stuff now online from all over? I would say to a degree, yes, absolutely. The retail is definitely getting harder, um, again, because the instant gratification, because people can buy it cheaper someplace else, even though it might not be the same quality. There, that, that definitely has hurt some of our business. Has that taken away the customer face? Because I always say I still would like to go into a store and mm -hmm. see it and talk to somebody. Whereas my wife would, my wife can sit home and order a ton right. of stuff online all over the place and be okay. I miss right. the customer face piece. That's what I miss the most. Right. That's and that's still what we enjoy the most. And I think I would say that we're pretty good with our customer service if we can just get the people through the door to begin with. 
What do you see changing in the business, not just your business, but I guess the jewelry business in general down the, down the road? Oh, gosh. Well, for like I said, for ours, we're hoping to get the um, be able to sell online. That's our biggest thing to change. I, I think people are still going to be buying the people that are still buying jewelry still want quality jewelry. And I don't think that's going to change too much. So let's talk a little bit about um, the, the jewelry that you have. If we can start with maybe some of the bridal stuff. I, I know you guys have the engagement rings, wedding bands, yeah. and some different sets. What are some of the popular items, if you want to talk through some of them? So right now, we've got a couple of different bracelet lines that have been really popular. You know, we've got, I think one of the biggest issues for our store is a lot of people think we're just too expensive. They won't come in the store because they think the least thing we sell, you know, it's going to be thousands of dollars. But right now, some of the biggest things we're selling are between 50, even 35, I would say 35 to $75 are these bracelet lines because all the girls like to stack their bracelets and wear multiple bracelets on both of their wrists. And so that's been really popular. There are two different lines. One's called T Giselle, which is a beaded bracelet. And one is called Stia, which is just a different, again, stackable bracelet. And then there's always the very classic diamond stud earrings, pearl stud earrings. Those are the, the most popular items still today. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were saying, you know, when you think jewelry, you, you think the holidays, right? Valentine's Day, the Mother's Days. And when it's not a holiday, I'm like, how many people go in and actually buy jewelry? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I was. It's, it's, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, no, I just we love when guys come in and they're like, oh, it's just because we, we always joke around like, oh, do you have a brother? Do you have, a, you know, like oh, talk to my husband? But there's a lot of people and there's a lot of women that are buying for themselves. You know, I've got one customer that, I, you know, it's funny. She comes in for me to change her watch, you know, her watch links or take links out. And she's always buying a bracelet for herself or for friends, you know, just for birthdays and that kind of stuff. And there's always engagements. There's always a reason to give jewelry. Now, are there like, I mean, I guess pre-COVID, because nobody's probably doing a lot of traveling right now, but like yeah. pre-COVID, are there like different events that you would travel to? Do you look at different styles, different brand mm -hmm. names? Yep. Yep. So we, I usually go to at least two shows a year that are all over the country. I'm part of a um, small buying group called the Independent Jewelers Organization. And there are about 900 jewelers across the country that belong to it. So usually we go twice a year to, and it's, it's usually in the, just after Valentine's day and then sometime in the summer to get ready for the fourth quarter. And then we do, we started again. My father used to go every year. He used to go to Antwerp, Belgium every wow. year to buy diamonds. And so we started that again a couple of years ago because you go direct to the source. So I can go, I watch them cut diamonds. I watch them sort and grade and everything. And so that's another thing that we started doing again. Of course we haven't obviously since, COVID, but it's something we will start again as soon as we're allowed to travel, as soon as other countries will have us. Right. Well, and what's the process when you go and you look at new new work and, you know, just say, well, this is something I think we want to sell. I would imagine that you have your own taste, um, different styles you want to stick to and try something different. What goes yeah. into all that? Oh, so it's, it's I don't go myself because, again, there are a lot of pieces sitting in the store that I loved that nobody else seems to love. So I have to have a different perspective. So one of my employees, either my sales manager from the Rome store or my office or my manager in the New Hartford store go with me. And then there's vendor, there's probably anywhere between 100 to 300 vendors at these shows. 
And it really comes down to, we do buy, we try and get a lot of the trends that are usually up and coming. And we can see that because of the buying group we're in, there are stores that are in other areas. I always say that if it's popular somewhere else, Rome is about three years behind <laughs> or upstate New York is about three years behind. So I sort of watch what other people are selling and then try and, and gain momentum as it's coming, um, you know, to our area. And then we just look at the history of what we have sold and try and sort of match that up that way. And Sarah, what for a small business owner, somebody that's interested in starting a business, what would be some of the, the advice, some of the tips you'd give them? What are some challenges, you know, somebody can look for to start? Well, you have to remember, I didn't start this business. I came into it. So I always have a hard time with that question. But I do tell somebody, just be patient. And make sure you have advisors. I am not. I am not in this alone. When I have issues, I sit down with an accountant and my banker and my uh, my personal financial advisor and a lawyer. And make sure you have people in in those positions that you trust and that know their job. And and how often do you do you ever reach out to some of your your colleagues in, in the jewelry business in different stores, whether it's around here or whether it's in different areas? How close is that type of group? Oh, all the time. I have a friend that I've gotten quite close to. She owns, well, her father owns the store. She has come into the store. She's younger than I am, but she's been in the business for at least 15 years. And her business is out in Iowa. I talk to her weekly. Um, just as an, the other issue that I have is just being a female owner. And there's a lot of, in this industry, at least, it used to be a male dominated uh, business. I used to laugh when my husband would go to shows with me. If he's walking in front of me and I'm walking behind him, they always talk to him and ignore me. And that's that's fine sometimes because sometimes I don't want to look at their product or whatever it is. But so, and then also being a mother, I've got other friends that are moms in the business and just, you know, just to bounce ideas off or vent or come up with, you know, new promotions or what, what to buy for jewelry or to share ideas all, all the time. We're doing it all the time. And how about over the holidays now? Any specials going on? Um, the people look uh, at some of the specials online, come into the store, both. What do you got going on nowadays? So you can always join our Facebook group. If you go to our Facebook page, there is a, if you join the group, there's a, I believe it's a $25 um, coupon off $100 or more. That's one of the biggest things that we see coming in right now. Um, our biggest promotion is always after the weekend after Thanksgiving, where we have a scratch off, but unfortunately that's over now. So now it's just plugging along and just at this point trying to get, if we don't have the product in the store, just trying to get something in for the customers in time because shipping and stocking and from our vendors is kind of a nightmare right now. And what are some of the more popular brands? Our brand, our stores don't like people aren't coming in necessarily asking for brands in the store. Other than the Vera Bradley, in a, which is the purses in our Rome store and our New Hartford store, that's called Spartina. And so there's not really, I would say that we have a, another bracelet line called E. Newton that people are starting to ask for because they've gotten it as gifts. But they're really coming in and just looking at the pieces, not necessarily brand, the brand names. Any more thoughts of... Uh... Uh, opening up any more locations down the road, content with what's going on. You just got to get through the COVID piece first, right? Right. I need to get through this. And I would say no, only because, again, I am a mom too. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to me that I am at all of my children's functions and able to be there for them. 
it is something that I will say growing up was a little difficult with not having my dad at a lot of my school functions or hockey game, field hockey games. Although when I did go to college, he did not miss a game. So it, it was very important to me when I came into the business that it was a, I'm not going to say balance because that doesn't exist, but I'm, I, I am, I have as many locations as I would like right now. And how about your kids, Sarah? Do you think down the pipeline that uh, they'd be interested in uh, taking over and working with mom? I have no idea because I wanted nothing to do with it until I was 23 years old. So I can't, I can't imagine only again, because retail is getting more difficult. Um, I would love it. I'm sure my father, it would be, do nothing but please my father. So I, I don't, I have no idea. I'm sure. Right now, no. Because um, Jack wants to be a professional skier. And okay. Ethan, I believe the last thing he wanted to be was a soccer coach. Okay. You never know though, right? They might have that one defining yeah. moment. Right. Exactly. How about, you know, for yourself and a lot of the business owners, I mean, even for myself, you always have those people that you've looked up to that have been the role models for you, that have been there for you along the way. Who are some people that have been those uh, role models and have played that role in your life? Definitely my father. Watching him in the business, um, he, ne he never took it too seriously. It never was... It was something that he liked to have fun with. And, and that, in my mind, why am I doing a job if I'm not having, not that we're having a good time all the time. Like I said, it's hard and it's stressful, but he was definitely one that um, I, I, like we talked about, I, I can't imagine not working with him and not having that experience. So definitely my dad for that. And my mom, really, I mean, I, she's, she's there for us all the time. She used to work from the day after Thanksgiving until the day before Christmas and come in and sort of, as again, we, everybody loves muffing. So she would come in and just take over the back room and she was in charge. And she's just always been there for me from the, the smallest things that I needed to, you know, the largest. So I would definitely say my parents. What, what do you think dad would say about you working with, working with his daughter, where he would think things are at today? Oh, I think he's, I think he's pretty proud of the store and, and what we're doing, especially again with COVID, you know, this is not something that everybody is going to survive, unfortunately. And so I think that he is, I, I think he's pretty happy about everything. In fact, his granddaughter is going to start coming in to st learn how to rap. She's 17. And so she's going to start coming in and that's making him pretty, he's pretty pleased about that. And going back to the holiday piece too, I'm sure you guys have, I wanted to make sure I asked you gift sets, any, any specials like that for the holidays? The gift sets? Yeah. We, we could do anything. So Mar uh, Margaret Spina, who was my sales manager in the Rome store, she's wonderful at making different, you know, anytime like you wanted to put different things together, baskets, that type of thing. We have all that stuff that we can do. And we'll go to different stores to add product to it. She's just got that creative mind that can do that. And going back to the sports piece, too, with the business, you and I talked about this a little bit the other night, but I always say that, uh, you know, sports relate to the business world, um, especially in a management role or any role, right? I always say in my jobs, I'll hire that former athlete tomorrow because of that competitiveness, that that will to win, that drive. How has sports helped you in the business world? I think right now, well, or the whole time, it's just the persistence. The persistence and putting in the work and getting things done, you know, getting things done. The biggest thing is putting in the work and being persistent about it and knowing that if you put in the work, hopefully it's going to be brighter on the other side, especially right now, thinking about that, you know, just what can happen with everything going on. 
was there ever a time where you said, uh, I don't know if this is really the, uh -huh. for me, is this really the right path that I make the right decision? Did you have that moment or two, I guess? Uh, oh, I, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Multiple times. I always, every once in a while, I'll say to whoever I'm talking to at the time, like, I, I don't know what I, what I want to be when I grow up. So a absolutely. It, you know, there's been some dark days where I'm like, this is, this is not, it's not working. I'm not happy. Um, but again, the persistence and putting in the work and remembering why I did it in the first place. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's huge. But I always say, you know, you can never look back, don't look back, whatever happens, happen, look, you know, yeah. look ahead. And, um, you know, obviously, such a rich tradition with 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 your business and, and the family history of it. What's the best way for people to follow you? Is it, is it on Facebook? Is the web page? I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely say right now it's on Facebook. If they do have questions, we try and get back to them no matter what time of day it is. Although I will say sometimes if I answer a question at 10 o'clock at night, I don't necessarily remember in the morning to check it at the store. So I'm trying to make, trying to get better at that. Um, we, on our website, there is an Ask Sarah page, which will, you can send an email right from there. It comes right directly to my email. So I would definitely say those two platforms right now. All right. Is there a, a best phone number to reach you at? I yeah, we can call the Rome. Sure. The Rome store is 315-337-3100. And if you, I know we have New Hartford customers as well, or Utica customers. And so their phone number is 315-797-5700. Perfect. I will post that up uh, as well for you. But listen, I appreciate you coming on. I went easy on you, but uh, <laughs> it was nice to finally have you on, catch up, learn a little bit more uh, about Thank the you. business. And uh, you're welcome on anytime. And uh, if I don't see or talk to you, have a nice holiday and Thank stay you safe. Thanks. You too. I appreciate you having me. No problem, Sarah. Enjoy. Have a nice holiday. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. So that was Sarah Engelbert from Engelbert's Jewelers, the president and owner. And uh, as you can see, and as you heard, 100 years uh, of the family business. And uh, Sarah has done a fantastic job. Uh, nice to see another family-owned place. Um, Sarah started off, you know, as she said, right out of college, had that defining moment, um, and has been there ever since. And uh, I appreciate Sarah coming on. I remember watching Sarah play field hockey. Um, with my sister when when I was younger right here in Rome. Next week on the Rock Pile, John Mills, the owner of CrossFit Excend, will join me. And then in two weeks, I bring the coaches back for the College Football Rewind. Um, I'm excited for that show. Uh, if you are interested in helping me out and being a sponsor for the shows, any of my shows, just reach out to me um, on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all my social media sites, um, are right on my pages. If you haven't subscribed to me on YouTube, please, please, please go on my YouTube channel, subscribe and hit all and never miss a show. And you'll be notified uh, of any of the replays uh, that are up. So on behalf of myself tonight in the rock pile, as I say every Wednesday night on this show, the rock pile is where dreams become reality. Enjoy your week, everybody. Stay safe.